0: Welcome to the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs Podcast, a place for podcasters to learn what's actually working in marketing and how to use their podcast to generate leads in their business. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited that you're here. Hey, Savvies. Welcome back to another episode of Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs. So today I am here chatting with Majesta Patterson. Majesta is a wedding and family photographer turned mentor to mom entrepreneurs. After eight years in business as a wedding photographer, growing her income to six figures and having two babies through it all, she knows the challenges that arise when trying to run, grow, and build a business, all while raising tiny humans. She helps mompreneurs save time and create space for what matters most. As a host of Can I take you to coffee? the podcast? She gets to explore and talk about the strategies, mindsets, and breakthroughs that she's had and other entrepreneurs have had as well. So I'm super excited to have Majesta here to chat today all about the ins and outs of what's working with her podcast. So let's dive right in. Hi Majesta, welcome to the show. I'm super excited that you're here and I cannot wait to chat all about podcasting with you. So before we dive in, tell us a little about yourself. In your business, and your podcast, and just how you got started
1: doing it all. Yeah, okay, great. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm excited to share all my podcast information with everyone. Um, I'm Majesta Patterson. I have been a wedding photographer for the past eight years and recently pivoted my business to help mom entrepreneurs with their business strategy and to create more time and space in their lives again for raising their families and working on the work that actually matters to them. So uh, I started my podcast back in uh, March of this year. Um, It's called Can I Take You to Coffee? And uh, I really am using it as just an avenue to like share business insights and interview other mom entrepreneurs and uh, hear their wisdom and kind of pick their brains a little bit.
0: Yeah, I love that, and I love how specific it is because there's so many business-focused podcasts out there, but they're not specifically geared towards like mom entrepreneurs or whatever. They're just kind of like general business podcasts. So I think that's really helpful to have for moms to go to, because you know, yeah,
1: business yeah,
0: and also mom advice, not just straight business advice all the time.
1: Totally, and that's something that I have heard from friends of mine who are business owners and also moms is that anytime that they were like hearing advice from other business coaches or um, marketing experts it was all about this like huge implementation but you know it's just not as easy when you have a mom and you have a family that um is depending on your income and also just your limited time and so i really wanted to make it relatable to other moms
0: so totally, totally yeah because sometimes like those strategies that people give like, they would work for someone who doesn't have kids who are young or doesn't have kids at all. But it's just, like, too much for people who are actively trying to maintain the business side of things and kids without kind of, like, overstepping, like, their boundaries and, like, having totally balance. Yeah. Cool. Totally. So what is your kind of format for your show? Do you do kind of a mix of solo and guest interviews or just interviews or how does that work and how often?
1: Yeah. So I always wanted to interview people. I mean, I named the podcast, Can I Take You to Coffee? Because that's just such a common phrase that most entrepreneurs that have been in business for a while hear from people that are just starting out is like, Hey, can I take you to coffee and like get all of your great ideas and pick your brain? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so I knew I wanted to have guests on the the podcast and I wasn't quite sure if I wanted to do solo episodes. Um, but I figured, I, I felt like I had a lot to say. Um, I like, you you know me personally, Jenny, so you know that I like to talk. And so it was a, it, having the small bite-sized solo episodes were, are fun for me to be able to just like share my insights and my ahas of like what I'm hearing from other people and kind of what I'm learning in my own business. So, I uh, decided to do a uh, interview and then a solo episode and just uh, flip flop every other week. So, um, yeah, that's how I that's how I stick to the format. And occasionally, what I'll do is I'll do like this month I. Earlier this month, I released some solos and did bonu- bonus guest episodes at the end of the week. So then I was doing two episodes a week, um, still flip-flopping the format every other week. Um, but pretty much trying to keep that solo, then guest, solo guest.
0: Yeah, and, and that's typically once once a week instead of twice a week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Unless I have something like I'm getting ready to launch my my program this fall and so I'm kind of gearing up for that and trying to give as much content and value as as I can and so I've been trying to release some uh double episodes a week some bonus episodes but that's been a little bit much so we we decided to just scale that back to once a week.
0: Yeah. Yeah, twice a week can be hard. That's what I started out with and it was fine yeah. for a while but then I got to the point where I'm like okay like I was batching my guest episodes, but not my solo episodes. So yeah, go fire and be like, "Oops, it's time to record my solo episode, and I'm just not feeling it right now."
1: Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, yeah, it's hard to build momentum for even the guest interviews. Like we were just talking about about batching our um, our guest interviews, and like I have found that if I have more than like three, I feel like is pushing it per day. Like I'm exhausted at the end of the day. So I think it all depends on like what you can handle, but even recording like more than two solo episodes a day, I'm just so tired because you have to be on when you're on a podcast. You're not just like, it's, it's, I don't know. You just have to be like upbeat and on and have your, you know, being very engaged and focused the entire time. And that's, that's a lot of brain power.
0: Right. And if you have distractions like puppies or kids, it it yep. like right now I'm, I have my puppy in my lap as we're talking and thankfully she's being quiet, but, um, <laughs> you know, she, could be, she could be trying to squirm or do whatever. Um, mm-hmm. so those things you really need to kind of figure out like a little chunk of time that works for you, but don't, I mean, if you can't record for eight hours straight, don't do it. I mean, I think that's insane. I think my brain ah. Um, especially if you're like doing different things each time. I mean, now my format is the same, like nine to 10 questions every single time. So it's not really that different, but like when I was doing different episodes every time that had different questions and it required different skill sets of my brain. Cause you know, some things I was more knowledgeable in than others. I think that was harder. This doesn't, doesn't feel as difficult. Cause I'm not, it's just like all about podcasting and not like switching my focus each time. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have, I just have no idea how, how some podcasters record like five episodes, like different episodes a day. Like they batch so many. I'm like, I just don't know how to, my, I don't know. I just, I tend to want to go all in on one topic too. So it's hard to like then switch my focus between, you know, one topic and then another topic. Like I have to do prep prep work. It's not like I can just switch my mindset that easily, I guess. I have to like prep my, especially for solos, right? Like, I don't know how you record your solos, but for me, I like to do prep ahead of time and make sure I have an outline and make sure I, you know, have a flow and, and know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. Mine is very similar. I usually write it down in like a note on my computer and then yep. kind of like an outline. It's pretty basic, but Still, it takes time to think about that. And that's the reason why I haven't released a new solo episode, at least for from the old format in a while, because I was just like, eh, I'm just going re- to release all these final guest episodes and then we're going to switch over to a new format in September. So, Yeah.
1: Um, and honestly, I know people are, who are listening to this are like wanting advice on podcasting. I don't, just don't think that people are paying that close attention. Like they're just happy that there's, there's episodes out to listen to if they're, they're loyal listeners. You right. know, they're not – they, I remember, like, listening to Amy Porterfield's podcast, like, a year and a half ago, and being like, we're just waiting for Tuesday to come, because I had caught up on all of her episodes, and then I'd go, like, a couple weeks where I didn't have time to listen to any, and I had all these episodes to listen to, and it was awesome. No one's, like, paying that close of attention. You know, they're just excited right. to hear. Right.
0: They're not like, oh, my God, she didn't do a solo episode
1: this week. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They don't care. as. I mean, as long as you're putting out some content on a frequent basis, like not skipping and not being consistent, then you should be okay, no matter if it's a solo episode or a guest episode or, you know, something different.
1: So. Totally. Consistency for sure.
0: So I know when you started your podcast, you hit new and noteworthy, which is yeah. amazing because I don't know very many people in person that has, have actually done that. I know I didn't when I first started my show because I had no idea. And I also started my show like January of 2018. So there wasn't as much information about podcasting Mm -hmm. that there is now. And now, you know, people go into it with a crazy launch strategy, which I did not have. Um, And I know you, I don't know if you had a crazy launch strategy or anything, but I know you were strategic about it. So um, what do you think helped get you on new and noteworthy when you were first starting out?
1: Okay. So as much as I would like to take more credit than you just gave me, but I did not have this huge strategy when I launched my podcast, really like my podcast was hard for me to get out. I had put it off for months. So it was just a matter of like getting it up and getting it started and starting, starting the process because everything's going to take time to build that momentum and, and also just find your rhythm of like how you record and how frequently you, you publish. And, um, just getting used to using a mic and, and podcasting. Podcasting is kind of weird. People ask me about it. I'm like, it's honestly, it's kind of weird because you're just talking like I'm talking at my computer screen right now. You know, it's kind of like a phone conversation, but you also have notes in front of you. It's, it's, I mean, it it is the radio essentially, but how many people have been on the radio? So anyways, I, um, I didn't have a huge strategy really. It was just like, get it up. And then in our mastermind, uh, one of our, one of our friends, Had was releasing her getting ready. She was being more strategic about her launch and talked about new and noteworthy. And I was like, oh, shoot, I should probably think about that. (laughs) And I had already released a few episodes. So at that point, then I just went like balls to the walls and like just went all out. I did two episodes a month, or I'm sorry, two episodes a week for a month, which was a lot um, because I didn't have that prepared. So I had to kind of like catch up um, and I... I just posted it everywhere. I was having um, people I know, like asking them if they would listen and rate me and um, just so that I would gain some momentum and, and then have people share it also. That was huge. So really my strategy was to get it in front of as many people as possible as quickly as possible because there's no real uh, science behind or like there's nothing published that says this will get you on new and noteworthy. Um, it's really just like if you've caught some attention, um, and you are unique. Um, so that's what I could figure out anyways. So that's just kind of what I did. I just tried to bring as much attention to the podcast as I could. And so I was texting friends, having them share it. Um, I was posting about it every day. And honestly, when I hit new and noteworthy, I, I was so (laughs) just like, tired because I had, was working so hard to like hit those, those episodes twice a week and, and, and get all of the graphics out and get all the the, um, audio clips out. I, I was, I couldn't believe it when, when someone had DM'd me on Instagram and was like, oh my gosh, girl, you're on new and noteworthy. I was like, shut up. I, like, I lost it. I think I cried. I did cry. I'm not going to say, <laughs> I definitely cried. <laughs> um, it just kind of felt like for me, it was like a big win, you know, after I was working so hard, I didn't really know what it meant other than it was like, just like a cool accolade that I was on new and noteworthy. Um, and it did, it helped my downloads a lot. Like it, I think I tripled my downloads in one month. Um, so it was a huge spike in, um, just attention and attraction. And I was on there, off and on for a couple of weeks, probably three or four weeks. Yeah. So something that is kind of weird that most people probably don't pay attention to, but I was looking at it every day. So I did notice it is that you're not on new and noteworthy, like for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. From my understanding, there's someone actually looking for new podcasts or um, popular podcasts to, Keep on and new and noteworthy, and so they you have to kind of keep your traction there and keep your downloads high and continue to put out consistent episodes and so um I had disappeared actually this is kind of, this also made me cry it was like within an hour I was off of new and noteworthy oh. so it was like this huge high, like oh my gosh, I did it to like i'm a failure <laughs> you know it was like such a high and such a low um but then the next day i was on it again
0: yeah it's super random and there's no, like you said there's no really not really signs about how you get on there there's not really any people telling you how you get on there it's really just about getting that traction i think it's an 8 week period within your first 8 weeks of launching mm. that's, that's how long you have to get on there yeah and um, that wasn't even like a known fact about a year ago or I guess yeah. a year ago when I started, I didn't even know like they, there wasn't even that out there like, Oh, you have eight weeks to get here. You know, there was no really, there was nothing about that. So I didn't even know that Yeah, you know, long we had to get on. Um, but I think that's really, really cool. And you know, one of those things that's like, it's not a fluke. Obviously, you were making sure to get people listening and, like mm-hmm. and ratings because obviously that's what helps. But it's just there's no really a way to guarantee that you get there. But when you do, it's really something to celebrate because your thing, your show is shown to everyone looking at whatever your categories is new and noteworthy. And if you're high enough and up, like if you're one of the first like four or five people, then, you know, people don't have to scroll. You're right there. So yep. it's
1: really cool. Yeah. And I flip-flopped between the the front page and the second page a lot of the time. So it was really – it was totally random. Like I was shocked at how long I actually lasted up there. Um, And you you can see on there like Brendan Bruchard's podcast episode was up there for such a long time. Um, And he had like so many reviews and ratings. And I had I think like 49 or 50 um, ratings. And like 25 reviews. So it wasn't like some crazy amount. I literally texted like everyone that I had texted in the last like couple of weeks. So my close friends, I just texted them probably like 30 people and was like, hey, can you listen and like give me a rating and a review? Um, and I think that helped. And not everyone did it, but a lot of people did. And then a lot of people would then share it and then it would gain traction with whoever was – following them and so so and so forth so that's that really that helped a lot
0: yeah it just goes to show that you like just asking someone for a reading and a review that you're friends with is helpful because i know we ask our listeners for that all the time but you know they're less inclined to do that because they don't know us personally mm-hmm. and itunes doesn't really make it that easy or apple podcast yeah that and yeah, so it's like one of those things that people are like, I get so many verbal reviews about both of the shows that I have, but I'm like, okay, well, where's this review on my actual show, guys? Totally, totally. They'll like email me, which is probably just as easy as going and a review, but I mean, it makes sense because then I can acknowledge that they're the one who said it, but still it's like, can you like go check out a review? on?
1: I agree. And I think just some people are more apt, like they're reviewer. They they are reviewers. Like they like to do that. And some people yeah. aren't like, I personally don't, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's kind of a pain to, to go out of my way to go re- rate and review a podcast. And I haven't, ra- I haven't reviewed and rated a lot of podcasts for that reason. Um, just because I'll think about it and then I forget about it. Um, so yeah, reminding your friends that they can, you know, I was posting on my personal Facebook, my Instagram, um, just as, as much as I could emailing my list. And I wasn't like blasting people, but I was letting people know that I had this, this new podcast and I was excited about it. And, and I told them what I was trying to do. Also, I wasn't trying to be like, Sneaky about it. I was being upfront and being like, "Hey, this is why I'm doing it. If I hit new and noteworthy, like this will be in the hands of so many more people because of it. And I would just, you know, I would really appreciate it. And so um, I think people want to people want to help you too if oh, they're supportive of you.
0: Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember you asked in our group, uh, the Mastermind group, and we all rated and reviewed you, mm-hmm. uh, which was really helpful too. Because I mean, just asking your friends. I asked my biz friends. I didn't ask them immediately because when I started, I didn't really even think about it. I was like, oh yeah, be yeah, great, great. You know, if not, it's fine too. But yeah,
1: those things just, you know, it can't hurt to ask. And Totally. You never, I did not think that I was actually going to hit no, noteworthy. I think that's why I cried is because I just like, it, it did feel like a fluke, honestly, because it was like little me like recording at night after my kids have gone to bed and just sharing my knowledge. Like it just didn't think that I was, worthy. I mean, that's just so terrible, but it's true. It's, it, it was just such a surprise to me. I didn't believe it and it feels, it feels crazy, but I took screenshots. I did, I hit it. <laughs> I just yeah. like, I have to keep reminding myself of that. Yeah. It's a really cool thing to have. I
0: mean, especially now, like as it gets harder and harder to hit that page because there's going to be more and more podcasts to compete with. Mm-hmm. Um, Feel like we're at the very, very beginning of the boom of the podcast, so it's only gonna get tougher from here on out to totally
1: like,
0: on those pages, or even you know, all those people who stay on like the popular business page or whatever category you're in, they just stay there for weeks and weeks and weeks, and it's just not even new and more noteworthy. It's like, really? Do does does gold digger really need more listeners? Because I'm <laughs> sure <back> a lot. <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. So I think, you know. Striving from, for that from the get go is really really key because then you it kind of builds that momentum for your podcast and if you're not on that page I mean you can still definitely grow but it's a little bit slower and I always say podcasting is kind of a slow burn like you don't
1: oh for sure you
0: don't get a starter podcast and have a million. Kids.
1: Well, and you don't make money from a podcast right away. And it's so funny. I get asked this all the time. Like, how is oh, how is your podcast going? Like, how are you doing? Like, well, are you still doing photography? Or are you only doing your podcast? I'm like, girl, if I could just make money off of my podcast, I would be doing it. But no, I'm not making any money off my podcast. I'm investing my time in, in my podcast because Ideally, it will build some loyalty and some, you know, a, a place for my, my listeners to gain information and then hopefully become customers because they, 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 get, to know, they get to know me and they, they like the advice that I'm giving.
0: Right, right. And that's the way I like to think of podcasts as more as like a lead generation tool versus like a moneymaker because there's so many people who come mm-hmm. to me like, ooh, I want to start a podcast. How soon can I start making money? I'm like, whoa, 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 like, Right. I literally have one client, only one client that makes money off of her podcast, but she also has 3 million downloads. Right. Like yeah. it takes a lot. Like you have to have a really consistent monthly download number and it definitely needs to be at least 1500 for the most part, a month, yeah. if not more to start really doing that or no 1500 an episode. Sorry, not a month. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. needs to be high because people don't want to pay to advertise to like five people, <laughs> you know, right. it totally makes sense. so it's like, it's not a money maker At least at first, it could be in the future if you want it to be, but it's more of a lead generation tool and the leads will make you money, but it's just not a direct correlation. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to have like these crazy HelloFresh fresh ads or whatever on your podcast, unless you're one of those really big guys that, you know, everyone listens to.
1: Well, and yeah, I mean, if you already have a social following or just some sort of following or loyalty or a big customer base already, right. podcast the podcasts could in theory make you money, you know, because your, your followers are going to then go to be listeners. Right. And so, but if you don't have that base already, if you don't have that social following or that, that big customer base already, then the likelihood of, Of you making money right away is slim. So it should, it should have, you know, it should have a place in your customer journey. And that's something that I know Jenny and I have worked a lot on, um, in our businesses. And it's something that I always tell people whenever they're eager to start a podcast or asking me if they should start a podcast. You know, if you're, if your ideal client is not a podcast listener, then why are you going to waste your time doing a podcast? Like you can maybe do one for fun, but it's a lot of work to just do one for fun.
0: Yeah, you need to find what they're doing. If they're listening to podcasts, great. If they're reading blogs, great. If they're watching video, great. But I feel like podcasting is very easily accessible because you don't have to sit down like you would for a blog and take the time to actually read, or with a video, like you kind of have to watch and listen to the video. It's kind of hard Mm to just listen. So I think podcasts are easy to be consumed on the go when people are doing laundry. You know, they can definitely multitask with podcasts versus a blog or video.
1: Totally. And that's why it's great for mom entrepreneurs.
0: (laughs) So what do you feel like is working best in your podcast right now? Just like one or two things that you feel are really doing you justice.
1: Um, you know, I, I personally feel like my guest interviews work really well for me. They're more fun. They're lighter for me. It's less pressure for me to come up with content. Um, but I do find value in, in doing the solos. And, and the reason why is because it shows my value to potential clients. And um, it shows that I have something to give also. That being said, I think that... Um, keeping shorter episodes works well for my audience, and this is totally dependent again on your ideal client. Like my ideal client is not going to listen to an hour and a half episode; they're just not going to. Um, and so, my solo episodes, I find that if they're more bite-sized, like fifteen to twenty minutes, I do have some twenty-five minute. Um, solo episodes, but even I have a hard time listening to some 25 minute solo episodes from other people. If I can get some good nuggets out of like a 15 minute episode, that's awesome. You know, that's, that's as much time as it takes me to go pick up my daughter from preschool. So, um, but guest interviews are fun because they're more conversational stuff comes up that you don't expect. And so it just, it's, I just find that it's lighter and easier both on the interviewer and the interviewee. And so, um, but keeping those under an hour, I try to keep them to 30, 45 minutes, 45 minutes for me is pushing it. Um, but yeah, I'd say those are the things that are working best in my podcast right now. And then again, weekly, I would say weekly episodes is ideal. Twice a week just like feels so like so much more work. And if you're not doing it weekly, it feels um, inconsistent, I think. Um, and it's hard to keep that momentum.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the more podcasts you put out, the more downloads you're ultimately going to have. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: obviously, don't like release a new episode every day so that you can have like-
1: Oh my gosh, that's downloads. crazy.
0: But I actually had a friend who did five days a week. And they were shorter, but still that was insane. And then she went down to three times a week and now she's down to one. I was like, girl, you are nuts. Like I can't imagine like doing two a week for me was tough. And then I narrowed it down to one interview or two or one interview, one interview, and then a solo, like every other week or every two weeks I'd have a solo. So, and that's what kind of works for me now. I think that's the easiest way to go about it. Cause like you said, solo episodes definitely take a lot more prep and Mm -hmm. it's it's nice to give people some variety when it comes to that. So yeah, I totally agree with that.
1: Um, And I think the other, like the flip side, the another, not the flip side, but the, another great aspect of having guest interviews is you're introducing um, your audiences to each other. So right. my guests, you know, the guest interviews. I'm, they're introducing me and my podcast to their audience, and vice versa. I'm introducing my audience to them, and so it's a win-win for both of us.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And then that gives you more opportunities to get new listeners and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. the same thing when you're a guest on other people's shows, like you know, you're able to help them grow theirs, and vice versa. So I totally. love that. It's super fun. And, you know, a great way to get new listeners. So totally. on the other side of things, um, what's a failure that you had with your podcast, at any? And it doesn't have to be an actual failure, but just something you wish you would, would have done better, basically. And what did you learn from that?
1: Yeah, So I so when I started, so I started the idea for my podcast last spring. So spring of 2018 and i had bought the i had bought or not bought yeah no i had bought the domain and i had secured the name with apple and everything and um it was kind of it was underway and so i had scheduled six interviews and at the time i was creating a i i had ideas of creating a photography course so these were all people i felt like could help photographers right. um and i I didn't know anything about podcast interviewing. And so the podcast, the interviews were great. And there were some really inspiring interviews, but I did a couple things wrong. I, I sent out, I had an outline of questions. And for me personally, I, I think I had way too many questions or I gave them my outline when I should have just given them some talking points. Um, instead they were, they were answering each question, you know, basically scripted. And so it took away from the conversational piece of what a podcast, I think what a podcast interview should lead into. And so that one of my first interviews was just kind of a little rocky because of that. Um, right. and then on the flip side, I had some other really great interviews where I did just give them talking points, so I reduced the amount of questions, but I went way too long. They were like one of them was like an hour, I think the max I had was like an hour and 45 minutes, and it oh was my God. yeah, and it was late at night. We didn't even hop on the podcast until like I think nine o'clock, and so because we both had young kids, and he like it, it was taking him forever to get his kids down and everything and so it was it was such an inspiring talk um but it's so, it was so long, and honestly like i I don't have the bandwidth to edit that long of an episode i I've stopped editing altogether, and so then to hire someone to do that is really expensive and right. so I've got about six interviews that I haven't I actually haven't released because there's some great stuff in them, but they're just not as focused as I would have, I would like them to be. Um, And I don't have the bandwidth to go through them and figure out what I want to pull from them. So I had a hard time finding access to um, help with how to go about interviews. So I think I ended up on Pat Flynn's okay. website looking for tips on how to do interviews and I think he ultimately said that I should have an outline and like a list of topics and questions and so that's what I do now I have a very I, I keep it to like four four bullet points and always the top one is who you are and like how you how you um how your business is structured today like how you help your help your clients and your your, um, your people in your business. And then the other ones are related to what they do and they're more general. So they're just talking points for people. And then, and then we build off those questions as we go. Another tip that I got from Pat Flynn was, um, making notes, um, on a little notepad while they're talking so that for my show notes afterwards, I have a kind of a a brief outline of what they're talking about. And then also if I want to come back to something because your job as the list, as the interviewer is to, is to answer the questions you think, to get the questions answered that you think your listeners are going to have. Right. So, so if, if, if you're in conversation and, and someone says something really great and you want, they didn't really explain how they do it or how they got there. And you're curious, your listeners are also probably curious, but that person probably is still finishing their thought. So it's your job to come back to that and to ask that so that it's answered for your listeners too. And that's hard to do if you don't have stuff written down because, you know, conversations can take tangents and left turns all the time.
0: Right, right. Yeah. That's something I definitely struggled with at first too. Like Containing the interview and not letting it like I've had interviews that ran me instead of me writing
1: it totally
0: <laughs> and it's like oh yeah like I mean that's only happened once or twice in all of my time of podcasting so like a year and a half but still it can get really annoying and frustrating if you can't get a handle on the conversation um because someone's like going off on a tangent and then you didn't like write down like anything to like kind of bring it back together. So then you're just like awkwardly jumping to the next question. Yeah. <laughs> like, like kind of tying in. So I think that's a really good tip. Um yeah. patlin has some really great resources as well on podcasting. So yeah, and
1: that stuff I think does come over time. Like yeah. I feel way more comfortable, you know, asking questions and leading an interview than I did when I first did. And I I, I truly think that those Those five or six really hard, not, I don't want to say terrible interviews. They weren't terrible, but um, uh, challenging interviews were what made me a better interview today. So that's what I learned from it.
0: I agree. Like, I definitely think the harder ones made it me better in the long run. So definitely, definitely worth it, even though it kind of sucked in the minute. Like, Mm -hmm. now it's just like, okay, cool. This is just a nice learning lesson for me. Totally. So where do you find that you're getting your listeners from that? I say this every time. Obviously, it's not really easy to track because you're just like, oh, cool. They came from Spotify or Stitcher or whatever. But yeah. you don't really know where they exactly found you because most likely they did not find you directly in that platform. Um, so just from your experience and just kind of like seeing where people are saying they're tuning in from um, or, you know, if they found you on social or something, where where do you find that you get most of your people from?
1: Yeah, I think that a lot of my listeners are coming from my social following and then other people's social following. So it's been surprising to me that people that I don't know are actually listening to the podcast and they start following me on my podcast, Instagram and start sharing screenshots of them listening or takeaways that they have had. And I have no idea how they found me. So, um, usually it's through another listener that they saw a screenshot of or a referral. You know how some people post on their Instagram stories, like they do like a podcast rundown every week or every month of what they're listening to. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: Yeah. That's kind of, I, that has actually brought me a lot of listeners. People have been like, I can even think of a couple of people that, that list me regularly. And so their listen, their followers are then seeing that I'm listed on their podcast. And honestly, my photography clients have referred me to other business owners too, which has been awesome.
0: Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. I think it's always kind of, it's kind of hard to know where they're coming from, but yeah, I feel like most people, um, can attribute their new like downloads to like social media and like, their mm-hmm. new- that and instagram stories i know a lot of people do do those shares they're like oh i had some really great takeaways from this episode from blah 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 and they tag you and that's that's been helpful for me too Mm -hmm. it's always so surreal when someone's like oh my god i love this podcast like they like show like what they're listening to or what's on their like next up kind of thing and it's yours Mm -hmm. and you're just kind of like oh my gosh it makes you feel kind of like weird but good yeah
1: yeah yeah it's super weird it's so it's especially because when you record, like we're recording now, people aren't listening to this right now as we're recording, they're listening to it later on. So it's always just weird to think that people are listening. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. I know it's just really strange. Like, oh, people are actually listening. It's not just like auto downloading to their phone, and they're not listening because I know that's kind of the default setting for Apple Podcasts. Like, it'll just download if they're subscribed, and um, yeah. So you know, it's it's nice to know that people are actually listening, not just downloading automatically, Mm -hmm. taking action.
1: Yeah, and I encourage people. That's something that I do on my podcast is. Encourage people, and on my social, encourage people to screenshot when they're listening and tell me that they're listening, so I can give them a shout out and I can see what they're listening to and see what's you know what's what's helping them. Um, It gives me a a good you know reference of what what they're liking too. And something that is is good to to implement is if it's a listener or someone that you don't know who's like resharing or following your podcast, is asking them how they heard about your podcast. I do that pretty frequently.
0: Right. I think that's really helpful too because it's like it helps you because obviously podcast hosts don't really tell you much of anything
1: right <laughs> so yep
0: like, oh, it came from spotify and you're like okay but how do they find me on spotify yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> just search my name and it came up so, yeah. yeah cool um so whenever you have those listeners um how do you kind of convert them into customers or clients or that kind of thing Like, what do you what are the steps you take to make them become leads or to ultimately get them to work with you in some capacity?
1: Yeah. So I'm, because the podcast is new, I'm not seeing a ton of conversion yet because it really is just like a warm place for my listeners to, to stay and like get to know me and kind of what I, what I do more. Um, but ultimately I'm leading them to join my email list with opt-ins that I create specific to certain episodes. And then also following me on social, because I think that's where I can really start conversations in DMs and, um, see what they're up to and they can see how I can help them and we can really start a conversation and start talking about actual pain points and, and problems that they're having in their businesses that I can help with. And so, um, like I said, I'm getting ready to launch my my program in the fall. I've opened up uh, 15-minute breakthrough calls for, for people who are feeling kind of stuck and frustrated and just want to like talk through a problem and uh, need some advice, some business advice. And so um, really making that personal connection. So moving them from the podcast and then making a more personal connection.
0: Yeah, totally. I think that's, that's kind of where a lot of people stay for a while, like really just warming up their audience. And then, you know, even though they do have those freebies, eventually over time, they'll start seeing actual traction um, from yep. the- that they're promoting. So definitely not, you're not alone there. I know. I mean, I don't even have any calls to action on my podcast right now. Oh, I, look, I do now, but I didn't before until, mm-hmm. um, like the switch. I literally, <laughs> I said, like join my Facebook group and that's it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So now, well, I- And I think it's hard. And that's something, that's something to, to, to pinpoint too, is like, it's hard to, have consistent call to actions when you're batch working too. So I used to batch work and then and then um, schedule everything out for the whole quarter. And I just found I was so disconnected from what was being published, you know, that far out that my call to actions weren't relevant all the time. And then for me to go back and re-record call to actions was just time-consuming. Um, So I've tried to move to like a weekly model every, so the week before we're public, we're, we're getting the, the following week's episode ready so that any call to actions are totally relevant. And I know what's going on in my call to actions, but it's something that I struggle with. It's something that it's, it's, it's hard to, to get a workflow around that.
0: Totally, it really is. I think I think that's something that's hard for me too. I mean, what I started doing is just recording like separate segments and then like that I know are gonna be coming. Like for example, um, like when I am launching a new course or like Mm have a specific freebie, kind of inserting those, like so it's not actually attached to the episode, it's a separate file, so I can just not really have to worry about um batching them and then having something completely different and having to right. talking about it in the intro um, and I typically for guest episodes I do I usually have I always have a standard intro and outro, but then I do like a, a separate like intro and outro for every single episode yeah. so I can say like episode 117 or something so yeah the show notes so that's kind of where I will add in different things as well as they're needed as well because I don't usually mm-hmm. back record my intro and outro I usually just do the episode itself.
1: Right. Right.
0: Cool. So how do you feel like you kind of retain the listenership for your podcasts and keep those people wanting to come back for more each week?
1: Yeah. Um, honestly, I think it's talking about talking about things that are, are not always like talked about, but need to be talked about. Um, for instance, I think one of the I know one of the most popular episodes that I have downloaded was me talking about like fitness and exercise as a mom entrepreneur yeah. it has nothing to do with business strategy. Right. Um, and so things that are relatable, you know, we think that sometimes our listeners want to hear about all the strategy and the marketing techniques and everything, but like everyone's talking about that stuff. So making it very applicable to your listenership is super important because it's gonna, it's gonna maintain that, you know, that connection with them. So um yeah, I think that's that's really important and keeping it front of mind. I I think that I I know I struggle with this and m- most people do is we feel super repetitive talking about our podcast episodes multiple times a week or even weekly. But in reality, not everyone's seeing your Instagram stories. Not everyone's seeing your Facebook posts. Not everyone's opening your emails. And so reminding them like, oh yeah, I did see she posted on an Instagram story that she has a new episode. I haven't downloaded it yet, but she just sent me an email with a link. I'm going to go listen to it now because I'm getting in the car and getting ready to go pick up my kids kind of thing. Right. Um, And so I actually had a friend remind me of that. She's, um, she's a, personal branding strategist and she she's such a loyal um, email subscriber and listener and she's been become a great friend of mine and she always responds to my email newsletters which is super sweet and it's nice to know that other people are are you know reading it and she's like Thanks so much. Like, I love this. Da, da, da. I'm like, oh, yeah. Thanks for letting me know because sometimes it's hard to know who's opening. She's like, no, I think it's a great reminder. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot that you had a podcast episode released this week. Right. Because again, people aren't paying as much attention to it as you are. Right. So I think that's. That's really consistency um, and not being afraid to talk about it and not, not just talking about it and like being robotic about it every week, but like getting on, getting your face on Instagram stories and actually talking about your podcast episode, as well as releasing the audio clips and talking about it in your Instagram posts and talking about it in your Facebook group. Um, And then of course, emailing your list are all ways to just like maintain that listenership.
0: Right. This is like a way that <laughs> I need to start treating myself as a client because sometimes I can keep be kind of robotic about it. Like, oh, here's the Instagram post and here's the Instagram story post where I tag the person who I interviewed this week, and then it's like, you know, that's it. And mm-hmm. I don't want it to be like that. Oh, it's just like, you know, we don't always treat ourselves like a client. <laughs>
1: well, it's a it's a lot. I mean. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot that goes into promoting the podcast that has actually nothing to do with recording and getting the podcast live. Exactly. So I think that's what the misconception about podcasts is, is that it's just like, Oh, you post a podcast and it's done. And like, yeah. you just record a podcast. It's super easy. Well, it's, it's just not as easy as it sounds. It's got way more steps. There's way more of a workflow. And then there's the marketing end to it too.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can just record it and put it out there, but it's right. Not to be perfect and you're not going to have a strategy behind it so you're not going to get any listeners
1: and right pointless. or retain the listenership because quality, you know, sound quality matters too, getting to the point, not dragging on. You know, it's like all these things retain right. listenership is think about the things that you like to hear from the podcasters that you listen to and try to emulate, you know, what they're doing and watching their formats.
0: Totally. So, what is your favorite tool that you use in your business? And bonus points if it's something that specifically helps you with your podcast.
1: My favorite tool. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I want to say Asana, but sometimes Asana feels so overwhelming for me. It definitely keeps me organized, um, and it has my podcast content calendar. And my my podcast editor uses it, so he's. Uh, I actually see his updates more than. I probably update because he's, 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 you know, working on each episode more than I am. Um, but I'm trying to think my favorite tool, you know, I, it sounds so boring, but I really love Google drive. I'm like a, a recent Google drive convert from like, just like pages and, um, you know, just my, my Mac, um, word processing system and I just love that I can have everything on Google Drive access it anywhere and that's where I take all of my notes for or my outlines for my podcast the notes that I have for people um and also that's where I type my show notes afterwards so it's all in one spot um and then I copy that over to Asana for my podcast editor who uploads it to my host and so it's all it's all just kind of in this, this workflow that I work through, um, to get each episode up. And I just, I just love having everything there and being able to access it easily.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Asana is really great. It's something that I, I mean, I don't use it myself anymore, but a lot of my clients still use it. And that's what, like, if we're setting up a client workflow for podcasts, that's what I'll use for them. If, if they don't already have like a project management tool that they use, mm-hmm. um, totally. it's, it's super easy to use and it's, Nice. Like I hate Trello. <laughs> um,
1: me too. I started with Trello and I just it's can't.
0: Tasks. It's terrible. Yeah. It's a mess. It's, a hot mess. It's, a me- it's
1: totally a mess. It's totally a mess.
0: And like, you can't, like, there's not a calendar Like you have to use a power up to have the calendar. It's like, that's stupid. Like, why is that a power up? Why is that not included? Anyway, well, on and on about Trello, but I think Asana is great. Um, I currently use ClickUp. Um, it's very similar to Asana, but both of those are really good for kind of having your podcast workflow and being able to share with your VA or your editor or whatever. So totally.
1: yeah, that's a good one. And then- I also, I'll, I'll also just add in, I love Canva. I do all my graphics there okay. and then I use wave for my audio clips and I personally like wave over headliner. I think it's just easier to use. Um, it's definitely like a basic software or um, whatever website, but it's, it's just very easy. I think. Yeah.
0: Those are great too. Um, wait, I mean, I don't, I think I use headliner. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't ever do it for myself. I only do it for my client. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's like one of those things still need to treat myself like a client, but yeah. Um, those are really great too. Um, I and Canva is super easy to use. Like, if you guys aren't super good with Photoshop or graphic design, Canva makes it pretty much impossible to screw up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, lastly, what is your favorite, current favorite podcast? Just like one that you always find yourself listening to. I feel like I might know the answer to this, but we'll see.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Well, what's your guess? Because I don't even know if I can answer this.
0: I was thinking um, online marketing made easy, no?
1: Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, you're right. I I actually just pulled up iTunes because I was like, what do I listen to? I actually listen to less podcasts now because I get so overwhelmed with the amount of stuff. So yes, I actually just did binge Amy Porterfield because I had a little bit of a drive recently last weekend. Um, So I binged a couple of her podcast episodes, uh, online marketing made easy, but I'll just list a couple because I think it's funny. Uh, I think it's funny my my like eclectic mix of um, podcasts. Um, I like the Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard, and that's kind of just like sometimes it's that's just like informational. Yeah. You know, but then I'm also a huge well, you know this. I'm a huge fan of the Bachelor Nation. So <laughs> I the other day I was listening to uh, Ben and Ashley's podcast okay. um, about Jed's whole. Oh yeah.
0: Whole. <laughs> yeah, they were they
1: were interviewing him. I wanted all the I wanted I wanted all the spilled tea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and so that's that's kind. Of, those are kind of my 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 regulars for sure.
0: Awesome. Well, that is great and I always love hearing what other people are listening to because sometimes it's the same and sometimes it's not. So it's always nice to hear new things or like kind of remember, oh yeah, I'm subscribed to that. I haven't listened in a while. you. Go
1: do that. <laughs> but, well, yeah. and it's hard to listen to business stuff all the time. Right. I find because there's so much information all the time that you forget. I'm like, oh, I listened to this podcast and I wanted to implement that. But then I listened to something else and I wanted to implement that. Right. Exactly. So I have to just cut myself off and listen to like trashy bachelor talk exactly. so that I can just zone out and then, yeah. you know,
0: I'm it's the same guilty man. pleasure. Funny, that's the conversation I've been having with every single person recently. Like really you no, know, I think most of them some like personal development ones or like non businessy ones, just because like the business yeah. get to be too much, especially like a mode of implementation versus consumption. Um mm-hmm. they're just not able to implement everything. I think a lot of people who listen to a lot of podcasts are like the newer, newer to business people. So yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Uh,
0: Yeah. So just tell us where we can find you. So your podcast, your website, and your social
1: media channels. Sure. Yeah. I'm on Instagram primarily. If you couldn't tell, I talk about Instagram all the time at Majesta Patterson. I definitely live there for the most part. Um, You can find me on Facebook, Majesta Patterson, um, and my website, MajestaPatterson.com. And if you're interested in uh, my course that's coming out in September to create a business strategy that gives you more time with your babies. You can go to waitlist.majestapatterson.com.
0: Yeah. I will link everything in the show notes for you guys to go check out. And thank you so much for being here today. I really enjoyed chatting.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you so
0: much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvypodcastingforentrepreneurs.com slash episode 127. Make sure to join the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs Facebook group for daily pumps, updates on the podcast, and so much more. See you there. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave a review. You can find us at SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs. Make sure to join our free Facebook community for podcasters by going to savvy podcasting for slash community. See you in the next episode.